Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of business and entrepreneurship. Each episode, we will bring you insightful interviews with entrepreneurs and business owners who are making waves in the marketplace. From sales strategies to marketing innovations, leadership insights, and effective lead generation, this is your go-to source for staying ahead in the business game. Now let's get equipped for success and get to today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to a, another episode of the Equipped Podcast. We have a very special guest with us today, and I know he's going to add some unbelievable value with the business that he is in, the market that he's in, and uh, we got to talk pre-show, and we have a lot of uh, connections with uh, children being the same age and the season of life, and He's had an amazing journey of, of moving to Costa Rica and Florida, back now into Michigan, running a business, running a business through COVID. And I know that he's going to add tremendous value to today. So so with that, welcome Sam of Whole Health Club to today's podcast. Thank you. Very excited to, to chat and uh, share our journey. Yeah, absolutely. So walk us through who Sam is, what the business is, and uh, I know that you're going to add a lot of value to this episode. Yeah, man. Sam's a Sam's a guy that loves to talk and uh, has a lot of big ideas. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, our business, simply put, is Whole Health Club, the gym with the kitchen. So, we have an on-site teaching kitchen, and um, that's I would say our surface. Why we're different than the competitors, and why we're different than the market out there. Um, the business was really, you know, driven by my business partner Chase, his wife Paige. Um, he's an ex-strength coach for Michigan State University of Florida. Got into personal training. Um, and we founded the business together, uh, originally as personal trainers. And, um, you know, I, it was always Sam's going to be the sales guy, the marketer, the guy that can talk a lot. And Chase is the guy that, in my opinion, is one of the best trainers that I've ever met in my life, whether it's high-level athletics or uh, what we do now and, and keep people healthy. You know, guys like us in the phase of life with kids that are trying to keep up and how do you be healthy doing that? And so it was really, a, you know, you could say a family-found business. Uh, from a family of entrepreneurs as well, our parents are. And um, yeah, I feel like we've had a lot of different journeys, you know, there from the ideation phase to where it's at now to COVID to running it, you know, pseudo remotely um, and growth beyond that. So yeah. it's definitely fun. But as far as, you know, my background, uh, I actually dropped out of college to start the business, um, you know, and I don't necessarily recommend that. Um, got, you know, 122 credits to my name and, and no degree. Um, but yeah, man, I, I like to make things happen and, and I like to find good people to partner with and see what value I can add. So, I mean, I guess that's the surface of me and I can probably talk longer if you all want it. Yeah, no, I bet. I'm in that same club of, I, I went to college, uh, dropped out for my business and, um, was still paying for it, you know, years after I, I dropped out. So it was great great decision nothing to show for it thousands of dollars down the drain love it hey but you know some lifelong friends and some great memories i'll say that there you go very expensive friends and memories yeah i look at the the piece of paper that i got when i graduated and thought that's the most expensive piece of paper i think i've ever purchased in my entire life but you got the paper i got the paper (laughs) I, i guess you could say that i got the paper um so, I, okay, so you came from a family of entrepreneurs and you wanted, you know, that's what you wanted to do, but why, why kitchen, kitchen in a gym? Like, where did that come from? 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you this. I came from family entrepreneurs. I definitely did not want to run a gym. I'll tell you that. Um, but when I became a personal trainer down in Florida at a gym Chase was working at, um, he had convinced me to go plant-based. Uh, he read a book called the China study, um, most comprehensive nutritional study ever done. Really great book. Uh, people should read it. And so we were, you know, I fought with him for a year. Eventually I went plant-based and we started to, our, our method to help our clients was always through plant-based nutrition. And what that could mean is a variety of things. If it's a high level athletics, it's going to decrease inflammation. If it's heart disease, it's going to, uh, you know, de- well, it's going to decrease inflammation, but it's also going to, you know, help clear your arteries and can do disease reversal and then weight loss, um, and so low calorie foods naturally. So the issue was we were in North Florida, basically the South. I'm from the Midwest. Nobody around us really understood, like, like, what do you eat then, right? Because, like, growing up, it was eggs, meat, and cheese for breakfast. It was a deli meat sandwich for lunch, you know, with a chocolate milk at school. And then it was mom's making pot roast or meatloaf at home. Like, that was just what you did. I'm sure there was veggies that existed there. I didn't look at them. Um, and then we're in Florida, and it's like, if you're eating a veggie in North Florida, it's fried, right? Or it's in some sort of cheese-based casserole. And so... Really, I think our families and people around us are very confused about how we would do this. So we started going to clients' houses and cook, would cook with them in their kitchen. They'd have no excuse. I'm like, I showed you with your own equipment in your own house how to prep a meal for, you know, five people for four days in a row, all plant-based, and your kids love it. Not very cost-effective for us. So when me and Chase were scheming of world takeover, we were like, man, we should just do this in it in our gym. And at the gym we had there, the owner was moving in a different direction, right? More of a rent-to-space model. Nothing wrong with that different model. So we were like, we'll start our own. And being the super smart people we are, we decided to do that in a state we had been to one time with no network. Um, so we opened there. And it was it, it was very effective in getting the understanding, right? We get the shock factor of somebody coming in here and instead of telling them what they're ready to hear, you're going to go low-carb. You're going to go keto. You're going to weigh your food every meal, whatever the common practices are, which all have their place for other people. We're like, I'm, they're like, well, what do you mean plant-based? I go like, how many plants can you eat in a day? And it was kind of that uncomfortable feeling. And what we found was the more recipes we cooked with them, the easier, easier it got. Because now instead of, you know, whatever uh, chicken they're eating for dinner, they're like, oh, I can eat, you know, your guys's power bowl that I didn't know. I now know how to eat tofu. I know... Now I know how to prepare cabbage in a way that doesn't seem slimy and cabbagey. Um, and so that was really, I think, kind of the effective, the hands-on idea, um, very similar to what everybody does training-wise. And so for us, it felt like this has to exist in other places. And as far as we know, still to this day, we don't know of a teaching kitchen that's located in a gym in the United States. We do know there's smoothie bars, there's grab-and-go things, but we haven't seen a kitchen. And I was just like, I'm going to sit there with, you know, Wayne and I'm going to spot his weights and tell him to move his elbow up. Why don't I go in the kitchen with him, which we build residential style. So it's not industrial equipment and be like, Hey Lane, you're searing that too long. Hey, you, you need to cook that tofu longer or you're not going to enjoy the texture. It's, it seemed familiar place for us. Um, so I think that was really the concept behind it because we knew we were introducing a relatively foreign diet to probably most of America. Um, that we had to show them how to do it. I think the question I would have is, and maybe you'll, you'll get into this, but that seems like you know, you're talking about a new business model 
And usually a new business model means that somebody has tried it before and failed, or you've got to teach the market that this is a good thing for them. And because of that, like business is already hard. The difficulty of breaking through where other people have it. Like, how did you guys navigate that? Because I would think if I go to a gym and you, you also have a kitchen, maybe I probably don't care. Or maybe I do and, and maybe you have to convince me. You know what I'm saying? I I know exactly what you're saying. And I, I that's a very that's a great question, actually. Um and I love that you said that because when we were pitching this, right? Um, you know, in the early days, you're trying to get investors, you're getting loans, you don't know how you're gonna start it. You're just like, I'm gonna start the thing. And we have we had some money, but we were, I don't know, twenty two and twenty-four at the time. So we had that type of money, not you know, money to start it on our own. So everyone kind of, the second we said kitchen, and I'm glad you brought this up, arguably is one of the hardest businesses to run, right? The lowest margins, people do it poorly more often than any other business because they think, well, I can make food. It tastes good. People will buy it. And as we all know, if we've ran a business, that's not how it goes. And so they were immediately like, "You, we like the gym concept you guys have. We like the teaching them about the style. We don't like the kitchen. And so what we did initially on our business model, which has changed, you know, 50 times after opening because you learn stuff was we built the entire model with the kitchen doesn't have to make us any money for the business to be profitable. Um, go, because of those things that we heard was, you know, hey, you're in the gym space. People might not care about a kitchen, right? They also don't care about the new piece of equipment that you bought, but you're going to use it anyway because you know the value is that. And so that was what we're, where how we justify putting the kitchen in and the expenses. Now, what we've really realized in our, you know, advanced, advanced stage, I still feel like we're, we're new. It's eight years in, um, is the kitchen can easily be a break even. And there's a lot of other monetary, monetary opportunities that you can leverage that for. Um, and so it doesn't have to be the loss leader that we build our model and make sure we're safe that if it is. Um, but what I will say is all of our sales start with a tour of the gym. And this is maybe the favorite thing I've done. Um, I did all of the sales, not all of them, but like 95% of the sales for the first, I don't know, five years, four years of the business. And I built a tour script, right? And I had three to four jokes that you use at each thing. And like, they were the corniest, like lamest jokes you could ever hear. So if anybody watches this, that's a client, you've heard this joke, I I've said it to you. And so we'll walk them through and the kitchen is, you can see it from the outside. So right away they can see it. We have a big, you know, barn door. So it's a big focal point. So we walked them into the kitchen, you know, and the, the, my favorite joke was like, yeah, we have a kitchen here, you know, in case you know how to cook. And if you already do, Hey, it's a free meal. Anyway, you get a giggle 100% of the time, not a good joke, but you get a giggle. And so right then their guards down, they're like, okay, this is what the kitchen's for. So we waste about 0 0.0 seconds explaining what the kitchen's going to do and where its place is. Um, and then Brian, the other creative thing we did is we didn't make you choose, do you want cooking classes or not? If you bought a membership, they're included. So you don't have the option to not have them. So now you just feel wasteful paying for a membership. You're not going to use the kitchen. Like it's already there. They don't roll over. So you might as well just show up once a month, twice a month, depending on the membership and use the cooking classes and get a free meal um, anyway. And so, you know, rather than pitch it like another class, you know, we do call them cooking classes, but I just tell them like, you're walking away with a meal. And so, yeah. Well, it, and yeah. just to go back to something you said, you talked about uh, the sales process and you did it for the first five years. And I think I, I don't want to skip over that. That That is something that I think 
you, what you said that was so smart is, you know, I did it for five years and I got the script together, right? And I think you talked to a lot of business owners and they are really good at sales because they know their product in and out. I mean, we have the same thing. Like we've got two two other sales guys and, you know, when we first got started, we all three had our own scripts going and, you know, I, and I, 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 I had a higher close rate and, you know, they look at me and they're like, okay, you know, what are you doing differently? And I just f- found out that like, I know the buttons to push. I know, you know, you need to talk about lead generation, not brand building because nobody cares. Um, and, but you, you as the owner, like you care more. So you build that script and then that's, this is the way we do it. Right. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. And some of those soft things, right. The soft skills, like I can tell my prices to my, you know, employees and my team members and everything like that. And like, that's not a part of the sale. Right. And that's where I think they're like, Oh, you get this, you get this, you get this. And it's this much. I'm like, yeah, but like, have a relationship with the person first. And like, so that's why like, I love saying why I say it was my favorite thing is we built all that other stuff too. Like the sit down and the actual sale, the close overcomes. But like, to me, that's just like, you know, go read a Chris Voss book and you can learn how to do that. Right. That's great. But like to learn how to do it from whole health club is like, you got to make a joke that we have two towels next to each other. One cleans the floor and one's for your face. Don't worry. We don't use bleach. So it's not going to mess with your face. You know, if you grab the wrong one, you get a giggle every time. And so like, I'm getting three to four giggles before I sit down in front of them and then ask them why they don't feel sexy, basically, or why don't they don't feel their best. Because we're a gym, after all. Very rarely is somebody walking there like, I feel 100% and I also want this gym. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you brought that up. Because, yeah, 100%. And that script still is used today. That tour script is still used to this day by all employees uh, and all people that are making sales. And so that's, yeah, it's, and that's my niche. I could talk sales I love selling. That's my favorite thing to do in life. I think it's just fun. It's great to build a relationship and then, you know, help people out. Yeah, that's awesome. I can tell that. And I know, Brian, those are amazing questions. And so I was curious with your consumers and the people that are coming in and this being a new model, um, what what was it for the consumers? What's it like for them when they first see this concept? And what did you see in that process? Like, what were they expecting versus kind of what you guys were delivering? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, after the first year of just doing the business, you don't really know anything in my opinion, maybe other business owners are different, but after that year, it became pretty evident that the, the way we had to operate it, like the, the actual gym, the semi-private training, that was all super familiar for customers. So that was just making sure we put on a good experience. And so we didn't really ever have any pushback of like, well, what are your workouts based? It's like, well, here's the workout. Here's how many stations it is. It was very easy to understand. And we still have that to this day. And then it was the kitchen figuring out the best way to go about and, and integrate that. And that's where we were like, this is just going to be a part of each membership. But the biggest hurdle is the plant-based, right? Because one, I, I want to say hundred percent of people, especially not now we're a little more known, but like, man, the first 500 people through the door, they, they were shook when it wasn't low carb. I could use that as a blanket for keto or anything. That was like what they were ready to do or excessive caloric restriction diets, which do lose clients weight. There's nothing wrong with those, but that was kind of what they were ready for. And so the, that was the biggest, like, I think pushback or apprehension. And we didn't always discuss it in the sale uh, up front. And so we had to have a really good way of, okay, I sold Brian 
and that we're putting them on a six-week plan. We're get, we got a meal plan, groceries, we got everything. Ryan doesn't really know that it's plant-based. I did allude to it that it's, hey, we're it's different. We don't do low carb. What we what we did was we named it calorie density. So it's a calorie density diet. And because in reality is it truly is, and if you look at our meal plan, that's how it's structured. It just ha- so happens to be that the highest nutritional value and the lowest calorie dense foods all are plants. I didn't do that. Nature did it. So what we did was, and I used to run these and they were, they were probably my favorite things. They got a little feisty and fun, but we would take our whatever, 25 new signups. We would sit them in our kitchen and I had a slideshow that I would run through and it's everything you can imagine about this is what's going to happen to you. And so I can take all the heat, right? All the stuff that they're throwing at me. Well, I don't like onions. Cool. Don't eat onions. You know, well, I'm still going to eat eggs. Okay. Here's how many eggs we recommend you eat during that, during this program, you know, and we had all of this. So then when they got to my trainers, they didn't have to like take that heat. It was like, I already had it. And same thing, Brian, we built that script. So then our manager that came in, took those over from me and ran the same thing, used the same jokes, found out when he, what buttons he could push, uh, what buttons they couldn't push. And that was really super key. And then obviously the popularity of plant-based picked up. We have significantly less pushback. Um, and then the last thing on that note is we don't discuss the ethical. We don't discuss the moral. We don't discuss the environmental. Other reasons that people may choose to eat plants. I go fine. But my opinion is like, if I go and attack somebody's ethics, that's the longest, most never ending argument. I used to always say like, look, we're not here to talk about it. This is straight from my script. We're not here to talk about it. Imagine putting a Christian and a Muslim person in the same room and say, talk each other out of your religion. It's just, a, it's not going to work. They might have a cool conversation, but that's just not how you're going to do that. So what's the lowest barrier? Well, most people think they should eat better. Most people aren't like, you could probably eat more fruits and veggies. And so that was a really good way to like take that abrasive feeling away that veganism has had and plant-based has had and, and go there. So yeah, the, the plant-based, uh, I think change was where all the consumer like friction, you know, came from and, and we didn't brand it as a vegan gym or a plant-based gym. It's whole health club. Like, so that, you know, whole foods, whole health club, good for you. So I, I think, uh, you know, we, I talk to people all day. Uh, I do a lot of our sales and it it is funny. You talk to people and they're like, some of them are desperate to get leads, to grow. <clears throat> They've tried everything. And what you find sometimes is they think they have a good product, but they don't. And, or they, they have a good product, but they just have no idea how to talk about it. And you know, you could get as many people in front of them as possible, but if it's not exciting, it's not actually solving a problem, then they're not going to care. Right. And right. I say that to say, like, how did you guys, I- I'm just sure you went into it and thought a gym with a restaurant, like or a gym with a kitchen, like this is going to be fire. Like, did you push against that or did you like learn early that, that you had to reframe it? Like a lot of places people do, have these ideas and they just collapse, right? They run out of yes. money. And we've, we've been close. Um, you know, we've, we've <laughs> taken, we've taken our lumps. I'm not here to shy away from any of that. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll put it this way. Like we didn't have a great description of our product when we opened the company. What we knew is us as trainers do our job better than most. And what we teach our clients work better than most. And I think 
when we started it, we had the confidence that, well, like, shoot, if just us three are good, we can cover all the expenses and make good money. I think where the real challenges came in was like bringing on employees or like actually honing in on what the brand is by itself, independent of, you know, Chase, Paige, Sam, Kayla, any of those people that were there at the founding. Um, and that was, I think, the biggest issue for us, not actually doing it. Because when I'm a trainer, right, I'm just sitting down with Brian and all I need to do is make Brian understand what we're doing. Once I did that, I'm good and I've won. But when I'm trying to make, you know, whole health clubs coming across your Facebook ad, what does that mean to anybody? How does that product exist? How does it explain? Okay, when Sam's not in there and, you know, Lane walks in, how is Austin going to be able to talk about the brand so they can sell Lane into the program? And I think that was really where we had to establish things that um, I think most businesses don't, like core values. Uh, people go, oh, yeah, I have core values. Work hard, integrity. I'm like, okay, sure. But like everybody should, you should hire, should have integrity. You know, in theory, everybody should work hard. Like what's the internal language and dialogue that your company uses to build the internal brand? The brand that when people are inside of it, understand, and then that's going to permeate what people are going to hear outside of the brand, right? Like our Rather than like persevere, our core values lobster mode. Like, you know, and a lot of people, like that means nothing if I say it to anybody outside of our, of our clients, they know what it means now. But, you know, lobsters basically only grow uh, and shed their shell through pressure and discomfort. And so when you have an uncomfortable and pressure situation, like that good, you're now in territory that you've earned at a chance to grow. But if there's never pressure and there's never discomfort, you're going to constantly remain the same. And to us, that was perfect for a gym. Well, Sam, this is hard. Perfect. Like you came to me to make it hard. And I love that that's hard for you. How can we get through this? You know, and the live remote story goes on to like, when they shed their shell, they find a rock to hide under whole health clubs, your rock. So once you got rid of that shell, now you're jelly and vulnerable because you're in new territory. You don't know what it's like to be 30 pounds lighter and live this lifestyle. Well, we got you till you build that hard shell, till you're ready to grow again and live in this. And so I think that was the biggest thing to us, like, you know, establishing that internal dialogue and language to, to make the business successful, independent of me simply training somebody and telling yep. them this is, this is what we're going to do. Well, and, and to go back to something you said, I think that's great. A, a good culture is super important, but to go back to something you said about, you know, once you talk to them, they're hooked because, because of that culture, um, the the before part is the hardest part and i think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck is they have you know their their buddy seth sent sent him a referral and then some you know you got all these referrals and you talk to those people like it's such an easy sell because they you're borrowing credibility from your friends or you know them or you know you went to call, call high school college with them um once you step out of that, that's where the real growth happens. Yep. And to figure out how to talk about what you do to people that have no care about you, that is the the, the biggest thing for business, really. Outside of, I mean, in, in terms of sales and growing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, I think, like, you, and you, you, like that's where our biggest growth came from, right? Was yeah. you know learning lead generation, learning how to do it on different platforms. Um, we we were particularly in the Facebook heyday of Facebook ads when they were cheap yeah. as they can be, and um, and that was really what did it. 
for us to get to that next level. And I think what we found out, it's a little bit twofold. So for us, the referral style, the internal, the, the clients, they need to have a deep understanding of what the brand is and the language and so they can go talk about it. But outside of that, you know, we're not Nike. So I can't just like plaster my brand and nobody cares. And, you know, I think you might've even used that word. Like nobody, they don't care about you because they don't know who you are. Exactly. And yeah. every entrepreneur thinks like, well, my logo or my name, and I'm like, your name is garbage until your company's yeah. something. It doesn't matter. It's like, well, do you see how cool it is? I'm like, yeah, no, but nobody cares. Nike yeah, we, has nothing to do with shoes. We we used to build websites and this is, you know, 12, 10, 10, 12 years ago. And I don't know how many times somebody came to me and they said, look at Apple. Let's just do what Apple did. Like they have a sim, And I'm like, you're not Apple. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I'll be talking yeah. to... Well, no, I, I'll be talking to, to businesses or clients and they'll be like, oh, we got to create a logo. And it's like 48 hours later and no one has moved on anything with the logo because they want this thing to be absolutely perfect. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like your logo right. doesn't matter. Like what you have to sell and what you have to market matters. And right. it's just, it's funny to me how some people get brought stuck up in that all that stuff. Well, you can change your logo, you know, like, like, hey guys, you made it. You're a multi-million dollar company. Get a new logo. Like, no one cares because... Version two is coming right. out soon. Right. So you're good. And so to to get back to where the real growth happens, talking to people that don't know who you are, to me, I think that gets overcomplicated um, because it's hard work. And so people want to find the secret to it that, you know, makes it everything work magically. And I feel well, like it, it's hard work but, and it takes volume to figure out. And that's something that I've learned is if you're talking to two people a month, you're not going to figure it out, right? You need to have 30 conversations um, and 30 conversations over the course of a year is way different than 30 conversations over the course of a month right. uh, when you can iterate and change. I, but you, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. And it's, and so I think like for us going to the outside is like, I already know what every American needs, right? They need to be healthier, leaner, live longer. They want to play with their kids more. You know, they want to feel like they did when they were 20. It's like the things haven't changed from the health perspective. It's just like we don't do it very good as America. Like gyms in theory don't work. And I say that kind of half-heartedly, but like the reason I say that is we have more gym participation now than we've ever had. We have more obesity, diabetes, and heart disease than we've ever had. Something's missing. And so, it, but but the, the problems are still the same. So like when I went to market a six-week challenge, I'm not marketing like six weeks to plant-based. I'm marketing six weeks to lose 20 pounds. Like, and then you're going to sit down in front of me and if I do my job well, right, then I'm going to be able to sell you into trying that experience. Um, and so rather than convince them on this new idea, this new thing, it's like, no, come in on the things that we are, that the market already is asking you to do. And then be hooked on our experience, our new product, our new results that we're providing for you. And then you go tell people about it and make sure you can say why you like it the way you like it and what they do that's different. Because that's what I need you to do rather than be like, okay, so it's a gym. And they're like, no, 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 hear me out. Like I walked home and I fed my whole family with the cooking class, you know, they give me a smoothie after every single class. Like, what? You, it's free. It's included. And so, like, those things are what they need to know. But, like, the, like you said, the market doesn't care. They go, cool, I'll get a smoothie at, you know, Planet Fitness or whatever. They probably don't have smoothies, but, like, 24-hour fitness. You know, I'll go get it there. And so, and, and we're not in a race to the bottom. So, the other thing to that is, like, you could also just market yourself as the cheapest viable option, Planet Fitness. We never wanted to do that. So, it's like, what result do you want? You know, summer's coming. You want to be hot in a bikini. Let's roll. You know, mm. 
You're, are you a new dad? I'd love to be hot in a bikini. Right, that's what I'm saying. Are you a new dad? You put on yeah. a couple of LBs. I've been there. So that's what, that's really what you do. And then you let yeah. the brand speak for itself. And when you're big enough, then cool, you talk about your brand. But to us, paid marketing is based on what the consumer already wants from the conversion. And content is for who you are and what the brand does. Um, yeah, I, that's kind of yeah. how we look. I, I talked to a guy today, and I don't, I don't want to beat this point in the ground, but it was funny. <laughs> we were talking... We do so. We do outside the podcast. We do these video interviews where that that's how we generate content for people. And I was trying to get this guy to give me a one minute answer, and he's like, he's like, Brian, I can't. There's like all this other stuff they got to know. And so we we like took five minutes talking through like, okay, they don't care about this yet. They don't care about that yet. Yes, there's nuances here, and so it just, but but like to him, it's not like he's stupid he's he's brilliant he's i mean he's built this multi-million dollar business smart dude but like he just like we just i care about this and i want them to know about this because it makes us different but but again they they just don't care so you got to figure out like yeah exactly like do you want to look hot right yes i will do that for you and then you you earn the right to talk about all those other things right yeah the the nuances and you can whittle that down like are you hot and speak to a 20-year-old and speak to a 30-year-old and speak to someone with kids and, and yeah. tailor it. But yeah, it goes down to like, do you want to lose weight? Yeah. That's great. Here it is. Yeah, no, that's so good. I was I was thinking too, Brian, when you were kind of giving that example of helping people know what they're speaking to so they can create content around that. And like you said, like it's just so, it's so basic of what you just said, Sam, like even in the world of like podcasting, it's like I know that people want to create podcasts. I know people want to have, but the, the number one barrier is say there's too much to like, they don't know what hosting platform to use. They don't know which mic to use, but it's like, Hey, in 10 seconds, I can say, Hey, how would you like to start a podcast in 72 hours? Right. That's going to draw them in. And then on the back yes. end, I can teach them everything else. I don't need to tell them, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. Then you got to do this. And then you got to, they don't care about that. Like 72 hours, I can start you a podcast period. And that's what people care about. Yeah, I mean, I'd buy that. Like, that's a that's a great pitch. Like, I'd click on that and find out more. You best believe that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, so, okay. Go ahead, Brian. I think you're about to say something. Well, I, I was just, I I'm, I'm, don't mean to take the reins, Lane. I, I was going to ask, so you, y'all are in Michigan. Like, what's the growth plan for you? You've got this great product. Like, how are you guys expanding? That's a good question. So uh, Chase and his family actually are based in Atlanta now. So I'm in Michigan. They're in Atlanta. Um, and our growth plan is to open one in Atlanta next. Uh, little tent. So we, we dove pretty deep into like the franchising side of things. And we looked down that route. Um, and that's a great business model. And it may, it may exist in our future. We're not putting it to bed by any means. Um, but there's also, in our opinion, some other difficulties that go go alongside of that with our brand. One is the Littleton location really is location zero, right? We bought a location in our early 20s. We redid the business model a few times. And so we would want to build the Atlanta one with the exact specs, models, and everything that we know now to be true location one if we were going to franchise um, or if we intend to. And so we have, you know, like all of our training manuals and everything that we could go through the FTC process, but that's quite a bit of money. So, um, what we would prefer to do is open one in Atlanta, 
make sure that the opening growth trajectory matches what a franchise should because we know pre-marketing now we know you know we did a grand opening for our gym but like we didn't like we didn't open with members you know for all intents and purposes like i don't know maybe seven personal training clients and so right like when you franchise you need i need to tell brian like look here's the plan in 90 days before opening you're going to be able to do x y and z you're going to open up with you know, 150 clients, you're going to be either at break even or you're a month and a half away from break even. And then here's your growth path. So that's, that's something we've looked into heavy. And, um, the other side is we just partner with other people that want to use that brand and want to use that. And the biggest partners would be doctors. Um, we've been pretty ingrained with the plant-based doctor community, um, for a while now, because we're one of the few people they can send somebody to that will teach a plant-based protocol to patients um that helps and so the way we kind of looked at that is having another location showing from like start to you know year two these are what the numbers actually look like or even end of year one here's what real numbers look like not after eight years two of those being covid and you know all these crazy things that's it's really hard for me to give somebody well, how's your business i'm like well the year before covid everybody would want one the year after nobody would want it like you know, and then year two, yeah, you'd think about it. Now you'd be like, yeah, it's a good business again. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's Atlanta is our main focus to open up our next operation. Um, and that comes a little bit through outside funding and internal money that we have. And then to go beyond that, like franchising would be great. Um, we'd be very, very picky with our franchise partners. Cause unlike your typical cycle bar, nothing wrong with it. Like you need somebody that knows how to cycle we need somebody that understands plant-based we need somebody that can speak on it and they need to be the ringleader there and a lot of doctors are trying to they they do what's called lifestyle medicine now where they talk about sleep stress and everything it's it's but the biggest the biggest issue they have and, and brian i know you do a lot with leads and, and things the biggest issue they have of when they start their own they don't know how to get leads in the door and because now when they start their own lifestyle medicine clinic they're not at a hospital where they have patients every 15 minutes so like my dream, I told you guys, I'm a big dreamer. My dream is what happens is they, we just build an additional office in there. They run their lifestyle medicine clinic out of there. They can do the doctor, all of the medical things. They can charge insurance because they're, that's what they do. Maybe in a super dream world we could too, but I'm hesitant to even put that into the plan because insurance is a whole nother ball game. But then they basically can say, like, we want to teach you lifestyle. So, hey, you should exercise three times a week. You should be shifting to eating two out of three of your meals from a plant-based diet or this many percentage of your calories. And they're like, well, I don't know how to do any of that. And they're like, perfect. Walk out of this office. You're going to go meet with John. John's going to sit you down and walk you through their 6, 12, 24, and 48-week programs to get you back where you want to go. And what we can do is bring people in as a gym member. And they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. And they're like, well, you can actually schedule a consultation with our doctor. And so yep. that would be that would be like a perfect growth plan. If we don't do that uh, in each location, we have doctor partners pretty much all over the country that we can send patients to. Or uh, shout out to Lori Marbus; she has an awesome telehealth program that we can send patients or clients for us, patients for her. Yeah, that's. I, w- I was thinking. I like to think about scaling and process and franchise model or not, having the kitchen and the gym really hinders growth because you need somebody that understands each thing right and to expect somebody like you guys to come in that understands both is kind of a unicorn right 
Yeah. I, I think maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. The one thing I will say to that is, um, which is why we franchise one, our franchise wouldn't grow the first 10 the same way another one would because they do have mm-hmm. to be generally, as you put it, unicorns. But what we do know is anybody in the plant-based community, like if you're a plant-based personal trainer or you're a plant-based doctor, cooking is a huge part of your life. So mm-hmm. there's very few people that I've met that's like a plant-based personal trainer that also doesn't lean heavy on the cooking part. The thing they miss is they just don't have the kitchen on site. They don't have the cooking schedules. They don't have the programming to structure it to make it easily digestible for the you know, base consumer. It's like I said we did initially. You just do it on an individual basis because I'm a plant-based mm-hmm. trainer. And so that's really, I think, where it's slightly easier than it would seem on the outside, but definitely more difficult than opening up another hit gym with a different color and a different cycling studio. And a, that that is different. Um, well, and it might be yeah. easier than it looks, but I think the big thing that you would bring is the structure and the system for lead generation, right? That, yeah, massively. I mean, all the yeah. systems that, like, in my opinion, no trainers really want to do. Exactly. They don't want to know how to hire employees, how to pay them, how to do any of that. They don't want to know how to generate leads. They don't. They say they want to market, but like posting on Instagram, your workout is not marketing <laughs> at, at a high level. Um, and no disrespect to trainers, I'm, I was one of them. Like, I get it. Like, that's we thought we were just going to open this thing and everybody's going to walk in because we're awesome. <laughs> it's like that's just not job. Is right? Feel the dreams. That's not how this works. And so. Um, build it and they will come. Yeah. So no, you hundred percent. I think the boring stuff, and I, I want to give a big shout out to chase on that. That's he, he's a phenomenal operator. Um, if you see the training manuals that he built, in my opinion, I could hand it to you guys and then, you know, two weeks, you'd understand how to run the business. Yeah. You might not like plant-based like we do, but I, well, I, so actually was going to ask you, um, what's, what was the Netflix documentary that everyone watched that everyone turned uh, vegan there for a little bit, including my family. What was that documentary called? Yeah, so Forks Over Knives was the first one. Okay. Uh, and the next one with athletes and it was Game Changers. Game Changers. That's right. Yep. And uh, there was a mass shift. Tom, and so yeah. let me talk about this. I just, I know that we did it for a little bit, my family and I did it and a, a majority of my friends did it as well. So. Yeah. Well, it's weird to see high level athletes like, you know, getting better results eating like beans and avocados than, you know, chicken and steak. Cause like I was raised the opposite. Like I was eating 5,000 calories of chicken a day trying to get big and strong play football. And so you didn't, you know, so I think the athlete was a little bit more effective showing that high level versus showing the lay person reverse diabetes. They're like, yeah, cool. Like, but did you see that track star? And you're like, yeah, all right. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. You alluded to it earlier. Um, I'm, I'm curious because I know that you, you were in the, the, a lot of the listeners that listen to this, um, they listen for things to grow their business, to grow their lead generation, to grow their marketing. You um, had said you in the heyday of Facebook uh, you know, ads and whatnot. So what do you see in the marketplace right now with, with the way you're marketing your business and getting leads and generation? Yeah. So I, I have a great question. So, yeah, I mean, I wish it was the back in the heyday, right? You're just throwing up something and yelling at a camera, uh, you know. So, so first I want to start, it, it starts with what, what Brian said earlier, like volume matters. And so like, there was a lot of people that were trying to do Facebook ads in the day, but you know, we were, we were pumping out, you know, 30 ads a week minimum, like new pieces of content, not just new ads, like new videos, new this, new that, because you didn't know it would work. Ironically, my loud, obnoxious self worked pretty well. Uh, Paige, one of our other founders, her look was phenomenal for the ads. 
And so we tested that and we did that. And so to me, where it got more complex and you alluded to this lane, like all of the ins and outs of starting a podcast, there's so many. And so when somebody's starting a business, there's a couple of ways to go. You can go like shallow on each platform, right? So you can go shallow on Facebook, you can go shallow on, and you know, and cover wide. And so it's like, look, I'm everywhere because the professional that looks at LinkedIn at work, this, that, that's great. And if you're super savvy, awesome. But now you're learning five platforms. Or you can go deep on one, dominate it, move to the next, dominate it, move to the next. And I think the biggest thing we've seen from those days was we needed no actual content for our gym when we started. I could just make an ad. That's all I needed. And then everybody started to be like, oh, I could do that too. So now it, it is a very strong blend of content actually drives us new business as well as paid ads do. And that's where it got a little bit more complicated. And so we still get a bulk of leads from Facebook. Like we still rock the Facebook ads. It's our bread and butter. We know how to do it. We've been doing it forever. Um, and we get better at it, right? Speed to speed to contact, speed to appointment, the things that if people are listening and don't know that speed is king in all sales. Um, and sales come before marketing. I think that's a big miss in my to me anyway. And what I mean by that is like, like you, so who mentioned somebody, they're like, oh, I just wish I was Apple. Apple doesn't sell anything. They are so good at marketing now. They don't need to sell you. They market to you and you go buy it. That is the dream of every business owner, at least to me, where I'm just marketing. I don't need a sales team to like sell you. You walk in and you're paying for the overpriced computer because you saw the ad, you're in. And there's this big confusion. They're like, you know, everybody comes in and they're like, oh, they don't know that much about my product. They don't know this. And I'm like, yeah, but they're leads. That's how you do the business early on. And I think for us, we're still in the phase of se selling is, you know, our main driver to new clients versus marketing, but it is the blend. So we've recently split. Um, we, we do have an investor. He's an incredible human being. His name's Connor. He's an owner now. And so he does a lot of our LinkedIn posts. Uh, could it be better? 100%. Um, we do a lot of Instagram, which is repurposing long-form content, putting it on there, putting it on Reels. Uh, we do TikTok as well. TikTok's just an ever-exploding platform. Um, you know, but our, the only one we run paid money on is Facebook right now. And so that's our deep valley. And we're, we put people on the other ones to go become experts and, you know, get deep in those valleys on, on the other ones. But that's, that's our main strategy. And I mean, again, I could dive in forever, but Facebook ads, uh, I think people overdo their website. Like, do you want your website to be a place for people to look around or a lead converter? Because they're very different websites. Ryan probably understands that used to do them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we redid our website to make it a lead converter. So we get plenty of Google love. Um, it's now optimized for all those things that are neat. And we've run Google ads before, um, but it's, it's Facebook ads or organic finding us content and then heavy referrals. They're built into all of our sales and all of our client journeys of when referrals would happen and when trainers are expected to ask for them or know how to ask for them. Um, nobody likes to ask for a referral. I don't get why. If you deliver a good product, why would you not want your client to go tell somebody else about their good product? Like, again, Apple. Yeah. Nobody yeah. will shut up about an Apple product if they have it. So it's like that they win. Yeah, I, I like the way you answered that because there's not one thing you should be doing. It's really all the things. And some of those things do better for you than others. And 
uh, there's so many businesses that rely on word of mouth and that and, and that's a bad thing it really is it th- those sales are great i love getting referrals but if that's all i'm getting i'm not going to grow uh and so it's not like an either or and it's not a okay let's try this for three weeks and see what happens well it didn't work right um and that's the way a lot of people look at it it's yeah one thing to add to that too is what they do is they don't try it again like exactly we did facebook ads before we knew how to do it they didn't do anything then i took a massive we spent way too much money on a program and i learned it rather than like what i hear a lot and it happens in business owners is like well we tried that it didn't work i'm like yeah Yeah. i tried it horribly so like try again yeah well lay we we need to wrap up here um I'll, i'll let let you do that yeah yeah sam i know that this is it, it look down it's been the fastest 44 minutes i feel like yeah yeah this is good it's so much i mean honestly so much value and stuff that i love talking about with health and nutrition and marketing and business and branding and lead generation literally exactly what this podcast and this audience um really likes and so i value you honor you thank you so much for your time um where can the listeners find your gym find your website find you guys just real quick yeah i mean wholehealthclub.com um, you can find us and, uh, we're located in Littleton, Colorado, uh, just South of Denver. Um, and Atlanta food. soon. And it's soon Atlanta and we got a cookbook as well. Uh, so if y'all want a cookbook that tells you how to make delicious plants, you can check that out as well on the website and all of our socials are all whole health. Ah, that's awesome. Sam, thank you guys so much. Listeners, make sure you go and follow Sam. Make sure you go to their website, look at, check out their book and uh, be on the lookout for the the new place in Atlanta. Sam, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Equipped Podcast. Do us a favor, scroll all the way down on Apple, give us a five-star rating and a five-star review. It will definitely help the show. Share the show if you know that this will add value to someone in their entrepreneurial journey and business journey. And with that, we will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Equipped Podcast. Do me a favor. Go to Apple, scroll all the way to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and a five-star review. Better yet, share this with someone that you think it would add value to. And if you think you would be a good guest on the Equipped Podcast, shoot me an email at lane at goprospect.com. That's L-A-N-E at G-O-P-R-O-S-P-E-X.com. Until next time, see you guys.